Oh, no. You did it too late. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong show. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome. Thanks, Steve. Welcome to Half Blind Hecklers episode 33. Woo! So, today, we are going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about the Project Veritas investigation and what Ooh, they found out and what, they're, what is going on with Ilhan Omar and Jamal Osman in Minneapolis. Because it's da, da. a bombshell. Uh, then we're going to investigate the efficacy, the modern efficacy of masks. <laughs> and is it working? Are places that have masks... It's not. <laughs> Are places that have masks safer? Are, is there reduced transmission? We'll check that mm -hmm. out. We'll also look at some studies that show either the effectiveness or ineffectiveness of masks. Uh, then Ooh. we're going to talk about the fallout from the debate. The old man yelling at the old man debate. Oh my gosh, it was a gong show. It was so, so funny. We'll talk about that. That was crazy. And then yes. finally, yep. we're going to talk about the Senate investigation hearings into former FBI Director James Comey and the Steele dossier and Obamagate and what all of it means and why it was wrong. <laughs> a lot of people don't know why it was wrong. A lot of people are like, what does this have to do? Why is this important? We're going to go into that. So, without further ado, we're going to dive straight in. So mm -hmm. right now, right now, this is a couple days ago, the Minneapolis Police Department is investigating reports of illegal ballot harvesting by Ilhan Omar supporters. Cheater! <coughs> They're aware of allegations of vote harvesting. They're in the process of looking into the validity of these statements. They said in a statement. Uh, so the investigation was done by a group called Project Veritas, which has been involved in a lot of other kind of investigative journalism and undercover reporting. Guys are amazing. So, oh yeah, they're great. They did a great article mm -hmm. back in the day about uh, Epstein and ABC. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, according to O'Keefe, this is totally illegal. I hope that the U.S. Attorney in Minnesota has this or other for many misdeeds. Serious review. If not, why not? Uh, we will win Minnesota because of her and law enforcement saved Minneapolis in the Iron Range. Mm -hmm. So. The residents of the Republicans have been outspoken against ballot harvesting, a practice in which a third party collects ballots from voters' homes to drop off at polling stations. Third party harvesters are sometimes paid for their work and can be volunteers or campaign staff. Now, mm -hmm. it might not sound upon first investigation that ballot harvesting is a really terrible thing. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, like you just go and you pick up a ballot. That's it's like it's like going out here. to your garden, harvesting a couple of ballots, you know, <laughs> replanting new ones. I mean, like, what could be wrong with that? Of course, of course. Totally it's not, fine. A big, yeah. not a big deal. Big deal. So what? the majority of states that allow ballot harvesting, laws limit the number of ballots that can be collected by a single person. In Minnesota, it is legal to assist up to three individuals. So that's the first thing that they did wrong, yeah. was that they collected much more than three. We're going to look into the number in mm -hmm. just a second. Mm. So... Uh, during a t July 28th ruling by a district court, the limit was temporarily invalidated, allowing an individual to collect an unlimited number of ballots, according mm -hmm. to the Minneapolis Star Tribune. The Minnesota Supreme Court then reinstated the limit in a September 4th ruling. So this investigation yeah. was from July 1st, I believe. Yes, July 1st. So it was legal to collect that amount of ballots 
and they collected 300, the persons that I have 300 ballots in my car right now, numbers don't lie, you can see my car is full. All of these are absentee ballots. All of these are for Jamal Osman. Minneapolis residents detailed large-scale ballot harvesting operations in apartment complexes across the city as part of a cash for ballot scheme to gather and fill out absentee ballots illegally from Somali immigrants, according to the report. Omar Jamal was a local community leader and other identified sources alleged the progressive squad member Ilhan Omar's supporters were collecting the ballots. Quote, I think Mohammed was working for both Ilhan Omar and Jamal Osman, but I think he was more with Ilhan Omar. It's an open secret. She will do anything that she can do to get elected and has hundreds of people on the streets doing that. So Mohammed accused Project Veritas of editing the video, but they do have the quotes. And anybody that can translate Arabic, I believe, is able or Somali. I don't, I don't know the language that they were using, but Somali. Yeah, I'm not sure what the. Yeah. I don't know if that's a language actually. Yeah, so, I'm not sure what like the language, but yeah. the The thing with this this whole uh, thing is that, so this comes amidst uh, a big thing with the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party keeps shouting 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 there's mm -hmm. no evidence no evidence no evidence that mail-in voting that like mm -hmm. fraud happens in these kind of cases yeah. and trump and the republicans have been saying for ages that no this is yeah. this is a massive problem now look, the, i think that the the best distinction i heard recently was that there's no problem with like requesting a ballot and mm -hmm. having it sent to you a verified ballot. Nobody has an issue with that no, no, no. Uh, at all. And so mail-in mail-in voting is a very legitimate form of voting, but that's not what we're talking about. Hold on, hold on. No. So what you're actually trying to say is there is absentee ballots and there is mail-in voting. Absentee yeah. ballots are solicited. Request a ballot, and they send one to you. And you have to verify your information before they send it to you. Mail-in mm -hmm. voting is where it's unsolicited ballots and they send it to everybody, which is far more at risk of doing something like this, because then you can just go around un to mailboxes, which haven't been opened yet, collect mm -hmm. a bunch of ballots, fill them in and send them back. Mm -hmm. And that's easy to do. Or what you can do is you can collect all the ballots, which you think might be from Trump voters and you throw mm -hmm. them into a ditch. You like discard them and there was the that it did. It did. Like they actually found like a whole and that that was for a different different thing altogether. That was for uh, I think it was like a local or yeah, a military a thing or something like that. That was a Pennsylvania election. Yeah, yeah. But the the problem is that they're they're talking about all these things and there are so many ways that this is going to like completely explode. And it's going to get yeah. so out of hand so quickly. Mm -hmm. The big uh, here's the big issue that I heard. So all the fraud that's going to happen with all this mail-in voting fraud that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to drag the election. And even they even talked about it at the at the debate that mm -hmm. it's going to drag it on for months. Yeah, quite like possibly. They, they even said and, like, oh, we won't have the. You can veil it in so that it will be received by the tenth instead of the third. Yeah. It's like yeah. how. It shouldn't yeah. be received by the 10th. Mail-in voting, like, if you were actually trying to do this, every vote should be, should be sent in and should be received by October 20th. time. Yeah. And, and it should be then, sent to receive so that it can be counted 
And so that if anybody yeah. tries to vote on election day and through mail-in voting, yeah, by voting twice, because it's very unlikely that they'll actually catch anybody doing it. Mm -hmm. So, so it's yeah. like, okay, well, we have poll workers working overtime. We can check you off the ballot, and if you show up, then we'll mark you, and somebody can give you a fine. Yeah, and and there's the there's the additional problem that they, what is it? They they don't even have to verify. Uh, if if that's a legitimate ballot anymore, mm -hmm. like that, they've actually taken that off. Like you can just yeah. like, oh, we can't verify if this is the right person. Normally, there's a huge process they have mm -hmm. they have to go through to be able to verify. But they're like they're skipping that step. So yeah. with like Biden, the, with Biden mail in ballots, they can be like, oh, well, we're just going to skip that step. We're, we're just going to mm -hmm. assume this is valid. And with Trump yeah. votes, they're just going to be like, oh, well, this doesn't count because it's missing this. Yeah. So the the opportunities for fraud are oh, so it's, massive. It's so immense. It's going to get very it's ugly. Ridiculous. And here's the thing: they know that uh, eventually, it like you know, obviously, like Trump, Trump, Trump is completely on board with like you know, if it's a if it's a fair and legitimate election, he's gonna he would concede. But the problem is that it's he's not gonna concede if if he feels there's fraud been doing. Biden has already said, I'm not gonna concede at all. Like mm -hmm. under any circumstances, yeah. but only Trump is being held. Like you know, he's like, oh well, he's not going to respect the results of the mm -hmm. election. But yeah. Biden has just said the same thing. So yeah. why is Trump the one that's mm -hmm. you know like pushing the uh, the election? So yeah. it's it's going to get ugly. Yeah. I I don't know if you've heard of the the red wave that they talked about. Yeah. Or no, sorry, the, the red mirage. Have you heard of that? Yes, the red mirage. Yeah. Red Mirage, the idea that on election night it's gonna seem like he has like, a landslide, like Trump, yeah, Trump has a landslide, and then suddenly, like, when it's gonna change. Voting, it's gonna be like this with a mail in voting, and every state is gonna, and go it's gonna Biden. be a, it's gonna be a big shift, and suddenly it's gonna go blue, yeah, and there's gonna be a big controversy. So, yeah, here's and where it's gonna sides, really come down to Amy Coney Barrett. Hired. Oh, yeah, and both sides have hired like dozens of lawyers. Oh, yeah. To contest because it's going to be the, mo the most contested election in history. But yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll kind of address that in a little bit once we talk about the follow-up from the debate. Wait, are you doing the moderator thing to me again? It's like you know, like okay, we're going to talk about that in the future. You know, hold those thoughts. Don't talk about that. <laughs> I see what you're doing. I see. What you you're doing. I'm debating you as well, eh? I'm debating you. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth. You mute your microphone. Okay, Trump. <laughs> no, I'm not Trump. I'm Wallace. Uh, that's right, you're Wallace. Yeah. Anyway, you're, so, yeah. you're not even a good Wallace. You're not the willing Wallace. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> First goodness. Freedom! Anyway, so uh, this is more of local stuff. Hmm. So in, in our province, in, Ca in Alberta, Canada, we've had mask mandates. Mask mandates yeah. have been in effect in our city and in the other major city in Alberta, Edmonton, yeah. for about two months now, for actually exactly two months. So yeah. since the introduction of masks into into manda mandatory mask mandates, mandates into Alberta, we have Did seen you like a practice with words. Hebbity <laughs> Hamana, hamana, hamana. I'm not doing hamana, hamana, hamana. <laughs> I just did those, so I'm kind of contradicting myself. We'll move on from that. Anyway, okay, yeah. so in, as you can see, the Calgary zone, like, yes, it is 
a slightly reduced cur a slightly reduced line of active or total cases in Calgary. However, since the introduction of a mask mandate, the number of cases at Edmonton has gone up quite actually more substantially. It's tripled since they introduced a mandate mask mandate, which raises the mm -hmm. question as a practical level, not just as a clinical basis on a practical level for a community level on a community level community wide response. Do masks actually work to prevent the spread of the virus, especially as everybody has seen masks are used improperly by about 95% of the population. Mm -hmm. Masks are not disposed of frequently. Masks are often mm -hmm. worn below the nose. Masks are mm -hmm. often hanging from one ear and then put on when they need to. You see a ton yeah. of masks hanging from car mirrors until they're needed. Like mandating mask mandates without properly saying, okay, if you don't use a mask properly, then you're also going to face punishment. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you're going to do it properly, then do it properly. But this has been like, it's so weak and so loose and yeah. nobody knows how to use them. And the spread is only, it's increased in Edmonton. It's kind of plateaued here in Calgary because we yeah. had our spike earlier. But actually, if we're looking at COVID data in Alberta, Oh, this is the something death rate is ridiculous. the death rate is crazy low. Oh, like the gosh. fact that we're still locked down, that I yeah. still basically can't go into interact with my clients. I can't go into my office. <sighs> like this is the total number of cases, 18,000 total number yeah. of deaths is 269. Yep. Yeah. That is a death rate of 0 0.01. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to put like a well, whole 1, but yeah. everything needs to be put into serious context because this is the problem that people get into. There's no context. You, you're you told about total cases. Okay, cases is the magic word that they're using now. Why are they using cases? Because cases can include everything from, from just somebody who got, who, who got a mm -hmm. positive test but has yeah. shown zero symptoms, never got mm -hmm. sick, anything like that. Then you have on top of that all sorts of like false positives. Then you have all yeah. these tests that are so sensitive. They're even they're even uh, testing positive for somebody who didn't even have coronas or, or had coronavirus like such maybe a low in the past. Viral load. Such so a testing, low load. They're testing positive they're, in people that have such a low viral load that they will yeah. never develop symptoms and they will never become contagious. Exactly. That that New York Times and article like, was this huge is, this is saying, when it came out. Okay, this is. Like, yeah, you have a positive test. You have to quarantine yeah. for 14 days. And it's like, okay, I'm just yeah. sitting in my house for 14 days. And I'm yeah. essentially losing my job because, yeah. and it, it just raises so many questions. We've gone over this in previous podcasts, gone over this in previous shows. The efficacy of wearing masks on a systemic population wide scale is ineffective and shows little to no benefit and in children especially it shows a net negative because it yeah. exposes them at much higher risk of other viruses yeah and, and, and the thing over, is like oh yeah just like say, the thing say, like okay so the, the big thing with masks <laughs> is that people talk a lot about like how effective they are right yeah. but what they don't talk a lot about is how necessary they are 
And this graph is like massively important because they keep talking about the second wave. And yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll keep like, if you look early on, like early between April and May, everything was very correlated. You could see everything was very yeah. close bunched up. But then as soon as we pass May, like the only thing that's going up is the, uh, the active cases yeah. or the total cases, but and active recovery. cases are not even going up. Yeah. Recovery. Active cases are not going up and death is flatlining. Mm-hmm. See, this is the kind of stuff that makes me angry. In two months. Yeah. But the thing that keeps... Okay, I keep hearing this all the time, and uh, the pol- politicians use this all the time. They, they make this false causation argument. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you see? Like, things are good. That's because of masks. Masks are the reason why things are good. And so they, they, they justify themselves. Yeah. And the big thing is right now, I don't know if you heard, the city of Calgary has said that they're going to keep ma- mandatory masks mm-hmm. until the end of the year. Yep. What does that tell us? It tells us that this is not at all scientific. No. Because if it was, it would be conditional on how things progress. But the fact that they decided we're going to keep this going until December, even if no. cases go down to zero, mm-hmm. that shows you that they it, this is not health. This is political. Yeah. And so that's right. why it's like, yeah. For everybody watching, our, our province, Alberta, has about 4.5 million people. In our province of 4.5 million, we have 1,600 active cases. And our entire province is basically shut down. Yeah. It's utterly ridiculous. And it's, it's I don't insane. Know, I don't know, Danny, if you actually heard, but there was a, a leaked audio from the okay. governor of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I heard about that one. And she took off her mask to talk to somebody. And she's like, okay, I'm just going to talk to you in a second. But I just have to put on the mask so I can just finish up this political theater. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you didn't know you were on camera. Oh, I like, didn't hear that. Yeah, because she totally admitted. Not she's like, I'm gonna, like, while I'm on camera, I'm going to put it back on so I can just finish up this political theater. And it's like, so you're totally Oops. admitting that this is all political theater. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, dang. It's 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 insane, like the way that they're mm-hmm. they're putting this. So this is all manipulation, and yes, the the big thing is like people say masks are benign, and I'm like, okay, maybe a case can be made to like you know like well, there's no no supposed harm possibly about mm-hmm. where everyone wearing masks, but it's more about it's like what what are they setting up for? Because it's yeah. like masks are step one mm-hmm. of something bigger, and like you and I have talked about. There are, there's already an effective treatment, not a cure, mm-hmm. a treatment for COVID-19 that has been shown in so many places to be effective, yeah. and but they're pushing for the vaccine. Several times in, in this podcast, and I've talked yeah. about how like, the vaccine will not last nearly as long as actually getting some variants of this disease. And all of that has, we've gone over and we're, we're kind of just doing it's a rehash and we're going over all the available studies that have been done on the efficacy of face masks. We're going to kind of briefly go over them because there's a lot of scientific mumbo jumbo that's in them and they're a little bit different to interpret sometimes. (laughs) So the one we're going to go, so the first one we're going to go over is the Indian journal of public health. This is a study that Denny sent me. Face mask prevention of viral respiratory infections in community setting, a systematic review and meta-analysis. I'm just going to go over the results. I'm not going to go over all their methods. Of the 465 studies from PubMed and 437 studies from Embase, 
identified from our search. Nine studies were included in qualitative synthesis and eight studies in quantitative synthesis. Risk of bias was low. There was no significant reduction in ILI, which is influenza-like illness, well, so, mm -hmm. either with face mask alone or with face mask with hand wash for inf influenza-like inf infections. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the first study. This was from 2020 in June. Mm -hmm. Second study is. And I scroll up. So this one was from 2017 mm -hmm. uh, from Clinical Infectious Diseases, Volume 65. I'm going all of the over all of this to show that these are all peer-reviewed journals. These are not like stuff that was just thrown together. This is peer-reviewed journals, and this is stuff that has been studied. Mm -hmm. So we'll go down yeah. to the results. Well, I think while you're while you're looking for it, Stephen, like one thing that I noticed, and this is something we've, I've, Stephen and I both noticed a lot when it comes to like uh, studies, is that people have this. A lot of people have this false view that the newer the newer studies are better. They, they're mm -hmm. like Barney Stinson. Newer is always better. You know, apparently everything new new the new trumps the old, and I don't think people understand how how scientific studies. RCTs work. Yes, the more recent ones may study something more relevant, but to be fair, a study done in 2018, 2017, 2010, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the study's invalid. They're still yeah. studying, especially if they're studying influenza symptoms, because yeah. they're studying the efficacy mm -hmm. of masks, all this stuff. It well, doesn't. And, and yeah. something that should be mentioned is if they're studying influenza like illnesses, coronavirus is more infectious than influenza. And if this, mm -hmm. as this study that I'm going over right now, meta-analysis suggested a protective but non-statistically significant effect against laboratory-confirmed viral infections. If it's, you can bet that it will have zero statistical effect against coronavirus. Mm -hmm. The last study we're going to go over, effectiveness of N95 respirators versus surgical masks. So. This one, it's like, oh, well, maybe N95s are better. Conclusion, use of N95 respirators compared to surgical masks is not associated with a lower risk of laboratory influenza. That N95 respirators should not be recommended for general public and non-high-risk medical staff, those that are not in close contact with influenza patients or suspected patients. Mm -hmm. All of this goes together okay. to say that this is about fear, it is about political theater, and it's saying, if it can force upon you, what's next? Yeah. More like when it like, comes can we become more like Australia? Can we become more like Peru? Oh, yeah. In Australia, they just legalized police when a vaccine is released. They just legalized police to strip you down and forcibly eject you with a vaccine against mm. your will. That's just reason. was there before, but they only just allowed recently. This was only just allowed recently. So these are yeah. this is the depths and the depravity that they're going to try and make their case to try and put these restrictions on us in the name of health. But when you look at the results, in fact, when you look at the areas with the highest case 
um, what is it, per capita fatality rates, they're all areas that have the highest mask usage. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, it could be said that mask usage was in a reaction to high capita fatality rates. But if anything, it shows that masks have, at best, limited effectiveness, very low, probably statistically insignificant, mm -hmm. and that there is little benefit, especially when asymptomatic, to wearing a mask. If you have yeah, symptoms it, of flu, cold, influenza, or God forbid, coronavirus, stay home. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the and, best and, advice you can give. Have other people in your circle help you out. Don't go outside because yeah. a mask is not gonna protect others from you. Mm -hmm. So if you have symptoms, stay home. If you don't, ignore these mask mandates. I've been trying I don't know as if much as possible to, if you can, I've been trying as much as possible <laughs> to do it. I get lots of looks when I go into the grocery store. Oh yeah, I've been going fun. out of city to go to different grocery stores because I want to give the cities that don't have mask mandates some, a little boost. So I'm like, okay, my city made this happen. I don't want that company to be giving property taxes to my city. They're going to do it anyway, but I want to give those other companies a little bit of a boost. It's a foreign gas, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because this is egregious levels of power and control. Yeah. If you if you really think about it, like, you know, the way that they, they're enforcing these mask mandates mm -hmm. is ridiculous. They're not even like they're not even big on like what kind of masks no. you have to wear and even how you're mask how you're wearing them. Like the other day, like uh that last week, just for fun, I went into like London Drugs mm -hmm. and you know, not wearing a mask. And as and as soon as the the man I think it was the manager, I don't know if fully, but it seemed like the the, the one of the uh, the guys that works there comes by and he looks at me. And he's like, hey, buddy, you got a mask? And I'm like, oh, of course I do. And I reach into my basket, and I pull out a Darth Vader helmet, and I put it over top of my face, and I'm like, there, that's good, hey? And he gives me the biggest glare, and he walks mm -hmm. off. And I'm like, what? It's a mask. It counts. And he walks <laughs> off. And you know why he was mad? I think, I'm, I'm assuming, because he can't actually say anything, because I think it's like it counts because it's a mask. Because it's a face which shows. Anything. It's a face covering. And it's like, but of course, it's like, okay, well, now they're worried because now you're completely covering your face. And anybody who's completely covering their face, it's like, okay, well, now you're like raising the risk of being robbed. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's, I remember I went um, to a 7 Eleven years ago and I had a zip up hoodie with a stormtrooper. And the guy at 7 Eleven <laughs> was like, take that off right now. Yeah. Like, I've, we've had people try and rob the store looking just like that. And I unzip yeah. it, and he's like, "Oh, it's you!" Like I know you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Hey!" And, and people think that these. Okay, that okay, just one last last thing about yeah, yeah, masks. Yeah. Okay, the big thing, and this is I've run into so many people that say this. People think and say, masks are no big deal. Like just do it to make other people happy. And I, and I ask them, do you think that there's a downside to everything that we're doing to the to masks and all that kind of stuff? And they're usually flabbergasted when I ask them that because mm -hmm. they never considered the all the amazing amounts of harm that these policies are doing. They're assuming mm -hmm. without any evidence that they're working. Lockdowns, like they assume that lockdowns work. Everything is going wonderfully. Yeah, and that everything's going great, but they don't realize 
how many businesses are going out of uh, are going mm -hmm. under? How many people are getting their lives ruined? How many kids are developing all sorts of things? How much suicide? All these things we've been talking about for ages. Nobody considers them. If this was really about saving lives, they're actually causing a lot more deaths. And actually, what was the what was the, the death count for for Alberta, Stephen? Mm -hmm. The total death count. Uh, Do you remember what that was? 269. 269. I would be willing to wager that the amount of deaths from all these policies is probably higher than that. From suicides, yeah. oh, uh, overdoses, surgeries we've, that we've are missed, records, all sorts of things. numbers of suicides and overdoses yeah. Yeah. across the world, and, not just in Alberta. And, and of course, uh, there's the effect of the global economy. There's the effect on aid to foreign nations. Yeah. The, the effect and, is... And, the, the uh, human trafficking, which is spiking yep. like crazy right now. It is. Because the demand Particularly for online like child. child the, on, the demand for online child porn with everybody stuck at home is very, very high. Yeah. And that's so it's it's, creepy. But it's true. Yeah. None of this is benign. No. So Yeah. And so in a word, or in a couple words, end the lockdown moving on. <laughs> it's not it, this this is the way I usually put it. It's not about health, it's about power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's basically the way I would summarize it. Okay, so next thing we're going to talk about. Um, Ooh, this is fun. Yes, so Danny and I, <laughs> some of you might have seen, we streamed the presidential debate, which, as Ben Shapiro said, was loud noises. Sorry, sorry, debate. Debate, <laughs> yes, debates. <laughs> but anyway, so... The main thing the media is focusing on after the debate is this whole remark where Chris Wallace asked Trump, okay, are you going to condemn white supremacists and neo-Nazis? And Trump's like, sure. And then he's like, so do it. And he's like, and I'm sure in his head, he's like, I just did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like, I just said, sure, but okay. And then when they eventually do ask him, he's like, okay, what groups? And they tell him, it's like, okay, like whites, white supremacists, neo-Nazis, the KKK. And then they add, like the ones that were found in Portland and Kenosha, and mm -hmm. Joe Biden adds the Proud Boys. Mm -hmm. If he condemned those groups, he would be condemning people that are not white supremacists. Mm -hmm. Because you were trying to conflate three different individuals, or three different two, two groups and one individual. You're trying to associate Patriot Prayer, which is not a white supremacist group, in which their group member was shot by a member of Antifa. You're trying to group in Kyle Rittenhouse, who is a person who probably shouldn't have been at, like he had good intentions, but it probably wasn't the greatest idea to go to Kenosha. And he was hunted down and attacked, clear self-defense, shot and killed two people, injuring a third. And the third group is the Proud Boys. Now, the Proud Boys, they are a little too quick to escalate into violence and engage in these events with Antifa, mm -hmm. but they are not white supremacists. You want to know how they're not white supremacists? This is their leader. <laughs> he is, in he a couple hella words, white. not white. <laughs> no, not he not. might say he's hella white, but Danny might be blind too. <laughs> what? But there's race. I don't see. I don't see color. <laughs> oh, we're gonna do that. <laughs> oh. But anyways, That's right. like, and the fact that Chris Wallace continued to press Trump, be like, condemn it, condemn it, condemn it, and it's like, well, like, 
Um, the Proud Boys, he's like, I don't know who they are, but I don't think they're racist. He's like, stand back and stand by. <laughs> Which a lot of people but, are like, yeah, we get it. It means stand down and don't engage in violence because he's like, I want peace. I don't want there to yeah. be violence. I want peace. But, mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, Chris Wallace, if you're going to be honest, if you're going to be even, then make mm-hmm. sure that Biden says, yes, we're condemning BLM. We're condemning Antifa. Well, well, that that came up that came up earlier. If you, I don't know if you if you watched it, a different part of the uh, well, no, debate, Trump, Trump like they they, they went after they went after like Biden and said like Antifa and and Biden said like oh Antifa is just an idea. Yeah, it's an idea. And he was the so adamant said it was an that. idea. But actually, if you follow up, that was like early on in Trump's presidency that the FBI director said that Antifa was an idea, and then when he was actually probed in front of a Senate hearing, he's like, oh yeah, they're a totally real group. Like they're easily made into a terror group oh yeah so like it's what it's, biden was citing was old news yeah which it, that guy has since changed his mind and when that's why trump was like what <laughs> yeah like the the thing is biden um biden brought up a whole bunch of of completely fallacious arguments oh, yeah. that I was actually really mad that Trump mm-hmm. Trump didn't actually even go after it like he should have. Like oh, he yeah. brought up the whole thing that there's there's good people on both sides in Charlotte. I immediately mm-hmm. heard that. I'm like, that is such a ridiculous lie. Yeah. And it's so Trump blatantly it. obvious. What he said was finish the sentence. And I'm like, no, you need yes. to say more. You need to say, okay, I'm going to quote myself here because this is actually what I said. There were very fine mm-hmm. people on both sides, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, or the KKK, because they should be condemned yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. And what he should have said in the debate, and he's like, how many times do I have to con- keep condemning these people? I've condemned white supremacists. I've condemned the KKK. I've defended neo-Nazis. Yeah. And I've also condemned yeah. David Duke. And if we're actually talking about the modern-day white supremacist, the most popular mm-hmm. and most affluent white supremacist in the world right now, Richard Spencer supports Biden. Yeah. And it's like, are you going to condemn Richard Spencer? <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. If we're actually being honest and even about this, mm-hmm. then we have to say, okay, if we're making Trump do this, then he's got to do it too. But because they're not making, uh, they're not making Biden, they're not making the Democrats condemn any violence from the left. Mm-hmm whether it's racially motivated or not, they're not making them condemn any of it. And yeah, and this, this should have... Condemn it, or at least say, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, this, like... this this should have completely been a uh, a slam dunk, a home mm-hmm. run for, like, uh, for Trump. Because, yeah. like, 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 Biden, like, Trump could have just been very simple. I condemn all white nationalists. Yeah. That should have been all you, wording, could, all you needed to say. was like, come damn. on, be clear. You've done it before. And mm-hmm. I get that you were stumped by the question, but yeah. be clear about it. It's Otherwise, just a simple you thing. People like yeah. Joy Behar, and he's like, "Well, he's clearly a racist." That was just like him, like rallying his his group, his his white supremacist boys, and it's like, no, <laughs> you don't yeah, know what no, you're it's talking about. And it's yeah. like you're literally yeah. lying, and so many of the members of the media are lying. Yeah, and the the fallout from this debate was like, oh, we shouldn't have another debate again because it's just a bunch of men yelling. And I'm like, okay, well, yes, Trump needed to prepare more. Trump needed to actually let Biden speak because that's where he messes up. It's when he speaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you if you let him have one-liners, then he's going to be like, oh, yeah, like, you're you're a monkey. Oh. Well, well, and, and the big, like the big thing that people... Talk, and it's like, okay, do you support <laughs> the Green New Deal? Oh, yeah, the Green New Deal, like... 
It will create millions of jobs. Okay, so you said, Oh, we shouldn't do, do it. it. No, we shouldn't do it. It's, <laughs> yeah. Make up your mind, you old fool. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, the thing is, like, uh, both Wallace and Trump actually es essentially helped cover for Biden's gas. Because oh, yeah. if you really listen to what Biden said during that whole debate, you know, if you, if you, if you take out all the stuff that Trump was throwing in, mm -hmm. You find out that Biden made a lot of really dumb statements really that dumb were statements super easy and easy to kind of like just like okay that was a clear and utter lie, and yeah. it's like Trump should have just been like okay when did like oh it'd be like whenever he was talking about Hunter Biden it's like oh that that report was discredited it's like that report was just released when was it discredited mm -hmm. like this just came out. It, it hasn't been discredited because it was just released last week. Yeah. So it hasn't been discredited because they actually haven't investigated it yet. And, and this, is why it's, this is why it's so important to do fact-checking and preparation before. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you remember what happened in uh, uh, the presidential election between Obama and Mitt Romney. The, yeah. I think it was – I don't know if it was Obama or one of the, the, the moderators. They threw mm -hmm. in some, some idea yeah, or some – some fact that made like totally threw uh, Mitt Romney, Romney for off, a loop. Yeah. yeah, and it was complete lie. But because mm -hmm. it was in a presidential debate, everyone just assumed it was true. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, in course, order to be like, the yeah, bias you need to be prepared. The Democrats yeah. has been happening for years. And one of the in one of the debates for I think it was Obama versus McCain. Mm -hmm. He told the moderator, um, "Yeah, you have something in your pocket that will show that that's wrong." It's like what? How do you know what's in the moderator's pocket? How are you informed of this? Who told you mm -hmm. that this was good, what the moderator had? Why do you have secret knowledge about the moderator? Mm. It's like, why yeah. is this so tilted in the Democrats' favor? Yeah. It's like that's why everybody's everybody on the right is like Joe Rogan moderator. Yeah. Because it'd be like, yeah, let them go at the, each other. And yeah. if they mess up, he'll be like, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing that I love that Ben Shapiro did a good job of this. He yeah. actually, like, obviously everyone's harping on Trump and everyone's harping on Biden. I mean, but, but we Chris should be equally harping on Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace was awful. He was so brutal. And he was, yeah. he was, he was actually worse, in my opinion, because he, he constantly, like, Harped on Trump more mm -hmm. than he and did on Biden, there and was at the any end, hard question for Biden. He's like, "Okay, we're going to move on." It's like, yeah, but the no, big, no, the biggest not. thing is like, he whenever like they, him and Biden had little little chuckles together. It's like, well, like Biden said, like you know, oh, this is really productive, and Chris yeah. Wallace like, uh, yeah, I know, right? and it's like, it's like you've you basically given away, and you've denied any any kind of objectability at all. Yeah. You know? So, By the way, have you seen so, that uh, that um, article about all the great, all the best memes from um, from the, the the debate? I uh, I've seen some of them. Yeah, there's. Uh, I just sent it to you. I sent it to you on Discord. But um, okay, basically, like one of my favorite ones by far is uh, I don't know if you've seen like the the scene from Star 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 Wars three from the prequels where. Yeah. Um, Emperor so, Palpatine is like, I am oh, the yeah, shit. I am the, Somebody put like Biden space on that. I am yeah. the Democratic Party. I saw that one. It was hilarious. <laughs> Some of them are hilarious. Uh, there was one. Uh -huh. I think I posted it to to our little Facebook group, but it was like, don't worry, Joe. I've got this one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to answer. I get it. It's like Chris Wallace is like, oh I got gosh. this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like the debate was awful, and like Trump has actually gone and said, like, hey, like I didn't know who the Proud Boys were, and now that I found out about it, it's like I'm not going to condemn them. They don't need to be condemned. And I'm like, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to our last topic, and potentially the one with the most fallout. So. A lot of people have been talking about Obamagate, the Steele dossier, and the Senate investigation hearing of former FBI director James Comey. Oh, oh my gosh. So afraid of it. I know. Like, before I looked into it, I was like, why is this important? Like, this is all so silly. Like, this is all just mumbo jumbo, and it's, it doesn't it's mean It's a nothing anything. burger, Stephen. It's a nothing, nothing burger. burger. I looked That's into right. it. And it's much less than a nothing burger. And the, it's a, a big, reasons. fat, stinking burger. It is a big, fat, stinking burger of corruption Woo! from Obama officials and potentially the former president himself. Oh, so yeah. essentially what happened was that the Hillary Clinton campaign wanted a report done on Trump and his potential connections to Russia. An individual by the name of Christopher Steele, which I believe was a British intelligence officer, gave them a dossier, codenamed the Steele dossier. And it had a lot of things in it. It was like, oh my gosh, like Trump's done all these things and connected with Russia. Only problem was the Steele dossier, the primary subsource, was a subject of FBI counterintelligence investigation from 2009 to 2011. And that's a huge problem. Also, the contents of the Steele dossier were made up. They weren't were real. Some of them were so dumb. Wasn't some it like that, like Trump, like Trump peed on like a couple prostitutes in mm-hmm. some hotel or something like that? Yeah, and other things are just blatantly claiming things that aren't true. There was one of the points in the Steele dossier saying that Trump's point of contact with Russia was the Russian embassy in Miami. Hmm. Only problem, there isn't one. There's no Russian embassy in in Miami. There is no Russian embassy in Miami. There was also saying, oh yes, like this member of the Trump campaign team was associated with this member of the campaign team and together they connected with the Russians. Except those two individuals didn't know each other. Yep. (laughs) So it just made up a whole bunch of things that were not true. Yep. And it was all relying on this one subsource and the subsource was lying. Yep. And they based that, that dossier was the basis for FISA, for the FISA warrant. And FISA yep. warrants, uh, FISA means the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance. It's very top, very top. Yeah, foreign, oh, no, no, keep going down, just above the little picture. Um, uh, down, 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 right there, right there. It was the Foreign Intelligence right. Surveillance Court. Or is that? Oh. I think it's the Foreign, FISA, uh, foreign Intelligence and Surveillance Agency. Yeah, that's for, that's probably the right one. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you have to remember, you have to remember too that there's a lot more to this. So, like, this is a lot. This is really connected because mm-hmm. you have Hillary Clinton, who was under investigation for her screw up, what putting all these emails mm-hmm. on her own on private, private server. server. So she was she was already put under investigation. She was she was upset when she found out she lost the election, and she blamed. Like some other, like uh, I think it was like an FBI uh, person that 
that that you know like revealed some details about that, and she she blamed that for the loss. But then on, she, on top was, of that, it was actually Comey that she blamed on the loss. Yeah, yeah. So it's like funny. all the stuff. Yeah, and then here's additionally, we we know for a fact that the Obama administration did all sorts of surveillance on Trump before mm -hmm. he moved into the White House. They also know that this was the basis for this entire hoax for an entire year of like, you know, Russian collusion, even though everybody knew it was a complete and total mockery of like, mm -hmm. of everything. So the Democratic Party, this is one of the reasons I'm always shocked. They, they consistently are, they, they're, I call them the ends justifies the means party. Because yep. if you look at what they did with uh, Kavanaugh, it was all about like mm -hmm. getting what we want and we don't care what we have to do, how much we have to lie, how much we have to like, how, how evil we can get to get there. And so yeah. when people say that, oh, they can be, they can be trusted with this next election and to be fair, it's mm -hmm. like, no, they're, they're completely an untrustworthy political entity. They're incredibly corrupt. Yeah. And of course, the, and reason, so, yeah. this is, the reason this is so crazy is that they not only asked for an FBI investigation on a political rival, on an oppositional party of the president, but the president and the vice president and his cabinet approved investigating Trump's campaign. They approved the investigation, which was using substandard methods. And essentially what they did was they militarized the FBI and used them for political gain. Yep. And, and part so, of the plan, part of the plan that they had, they were convinced that Hillary was going to win. Yeah. And so they, so they, they thought did, that, they thought, they they thought like, once we win, we, we're going to just wipe this all away. No one will know. No one will know. No one will know what we did. Nobody knew we'll, that we surveilled Trump's campaign. We made up yeah. for, false stuff about them so that they would be investigated, yeah. so that they'd be arrested, and all these other things. And unfortunately, it's very difficult to actually find good information about this because there's a lot of sources that still say, oh, yeah, like, the investigation was fine. Like Comey, this is on ABC, Comey defends Russia investigation, but GOP senators remain skeptical. It's like, okay, ABC, that you released this yesterday. You know that it was skeptical. Why don't you say that it was skeptical? <laughs> because it was sketch. You don't even mention yeah. at any point in here that the Steele the dossier is based on, uh, but he told the hearing that the Steele dossier was based on rumors. And it's like, no, it was based mm -hmm. on rumors. We know it was based on rumors. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think the best, see, the see best that. line that anybody said about this was from Ted Cruz. <laughs> and I'll put it in right here because it's just great. It's expired. This investigation of the president was corrupt. The FBI and the Department of Justice were politicized and weaponized. And in my opinion, there are only two possibilities. That you were deliberately cor corrupt or woefully incompetent. And I don't believe you were incompetent. This has done severe damage to the professionals and the honorable men and women at the FBI because law enforcement should not be used as a political weapon. And that is the legacy you've left. Go Ted Cruz. I know. That's really <laughs> great. But yeah, like, 
everything he said was completely true. Like, the FBI should not be weaponized and politicized to pursue your political opposition. I don't care if it's Trump doing it. I don't care if it's Obama doing it. You should never weaponize law enforcement and the Department of Justice to go against your enemies because they are your political enemies. If they're doing something wrong, totally, go after them. If they're not, and you're like, I know they're not doing anything wrong, I'm just going to send them anyway. Because I don't want them to have any chance of winning. I want them to be under investigation so that they look guilty. And so that they Mm -hmm. look guilty, then nobody will vote for them. Mm -hmm. This is political malfeasance of the highest order, and it is exceptionally corrupt in all Mm -hmm. levels of the Obama administration Mm -hmm. that knew about this probe. Mm -hmm. And the entire idea that the FBI continued to do this investigation years after knowing that it was all based on false investigation evidence as as ted cruz says you are blatantly corrupt Mm -hmm. and james comey should not only be he should be prosecuted and he should be given either severe severe fines or he should be sent to jail for a certain amount of time because what they did was so wrong Mm -hmm. and it's just it's like okay how far is the democratic party willing to go Like, this is what they were doing in secret. It's like, we knew that what, what they were doing in public and what they were doing in public was pretty nasty. But if they gain power again, what are they going to do in secret? Yeah. Like, it's it's baffling all the things that they get away with. It's baffling all mm-hmm. the stuff that the Liberal Party in Canada gets away with. Mm-hmm. Like, just last week, the, the NDP said, yeah, we'll sign on as long as you give us our social welfare programs and we'll completely sweep the wee charity hypocrisy and the wee charity scandal under the rug. Yeah. As long as you give us what we want, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter if you're corrupt. It doesn't matter if you're unethical or if you're dirty. As long as you give us what we want, we're fine with it. Yeah. If people think that it is bad in the United States, that there is a level of corruption that is much worse than anywhere else in the Western world, you aren't even close. Mm-hmm. Canada There's, has one of the uh, most openly corrupt governments in the Western world. And yeah, nobody seems uh, to care because we re-elected them. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, a, there's a news source called uh, True North News, mm-hmm. I think it is, uh, yeah. here in Canada. And mm-hmm. the founder, um, I, forget her, I forget her name, but I remember seeing an, uh, a, an article that she posted, it's like a quote that she posted. Yeah. And she basically talked about, like, you know, how Canada... Like, you know, Canada was bad, like, you know, but, like, she felt like, you know, like, uh, it, it, it was, she compared it to Trumpian, uh, like, you know, like, justice or something like that. So, essentially, she compared the the the, the malfeasance that, that Trudeau is doing to Trump. And I remember, like, thinking in my head, I'm like, that is how completely, like, completely distorted Canadians, like, view the Trump government. They're completely blind to the fact that the Democratic Party is perhaps the most corrupt and evil party I think I've ever seen. Like, usually mm-hmm. I try to be very fair-minded. Like, mm-hmm. I've been in debates with, uh, like, pro-choice people and, like, I've had my pro- pro-life people. And I'm fair. I'm, I'm fair-minded. I'm like, you know what? I, I think you're right. I think those pro-life people were being a little bit too harsh and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm unfair. I... I I, I usually analyze and be like, you know what? I acknowledge the, the faults in my side, and then 
I'll, and then I'll acknowledge that the, the good and, and the other side of their feet, fair-minded, open-minded. But yeah. I remember looking at American politics, and I, I mean, I, I don't know how to do it other than to say that as much as the, the Republicans have their issues, they're nowhere close, not even remotely close to the levels of illegality and mm -hmm. corrupt, corruption that the Democrats yeah. and their media allies are getting to. Mm -hmm. And it is it is amazing to me that people can't see it. It's so amazing to me how unable people are to, uh, to see what's going on. Yeah, like it's it's mind-boggling to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so um, that pretty much wraps up the news segments of this <gasps> cast. Uh, just a couple of things that I'll go over some stories that have happened um, yesterday. I was actually involved in a bit of a mini bro life debate uh, with another podcaster. Uh, her channel is Cassie's. Dang it! Hey, uh, hey, um, I'll Stephen, it's a good end to prepare before a debate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a debate. I'm just trying. To... Oh, right, right. A, a live, a live thing. Uh, it's not live, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I will link uh, in the description the debate. Uh, it was a good debate. I thoroughly enjoyed it and managed to kind of sway her opinion a little bit and said that we'd kind of do a follow up. And she and I, it's it's kind of interesting because she and I are absolute opposite ends of the political spectrum. But we we came together because we both honored and believed that you can have a fair, rational discussion as long as you're both respectful and respect each other's ideas and opinions. Hmm. And it was it was kind of funny how sporadic it was because she was like, "I need so who wants to be involved in a pro-life, pro-choice debate?" And I'm like, "Me." <laughs> it's and like, dang like, it, that was a rhetorical question. And then she's like, okay, what side are you on? I'm like, this side. She's like, okay, are you going to be ready by this time? I'm like, yep. So I have like these sources prepared. I'm like, okay, like, where is this debate going to go? <laughs> and then most of it was just like sharing personal anecdotes and kind of chuckling at each other's jokes. But it was good. It was good. I think it's called actually Cassie's World. I think that was the, the title of the podcast. So if I remember what, correctly. what uh what common what common ground did you guys come up to come up with? Uh, I think that we the common ground we achieved was because she had said that men shouldn't really have too much of a say in arguing for abortion. And I'm like, okay, well, common, if we're going to be saying argument, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if we're going to say <coughs> that, then there's a popular quote by a. Um, uh, what's the word for it? The people who helped liberate the slaves. Abolitionist. Uh, yeah, like abolitionist. And he was having this argument with Susan B. Anthony. And he's like, well, you can't talk about marriage. You're not married. You're single. And she's like, well, you can't talk about slavery. You weren't a slave. And he's like, oh, okay. And she's like, dang. Dang, dang <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't intending for that to be like a mic drop moment, but okay, sure. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty good. And we came to kind of a consensus about adoptions and like how the government has a little too much say in some areas. So uh, I think that there is definitely a willingness 
to have a furthering and a continuation. I think I might actually see if we can do like a part two on my Tuesday cast. Hmm. See if we can finish it up because that was only 42 minutes. And she's like, this is a long cast. And I'm like, oh, okay, 42 minutes, I guess is long. <laughs> but It's like wimp. She's oh. such a Biden. She's such a Biden. It's like 90 minutes. <laughs> that's way too long. I need two breaks. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to follow us on any sort of a social media platforms, um, we're on Facebook, or at least I am. Danny's on the social media fast. <laughs> um, I'm so I'm hungry. On Twitter, so hungry. <laughs> I'm on Twitter, but I don't really use it. Uh, you can follow us on Parlor at Ad Half Hecklers. Uh, we're on Anchor and other Spotify podcasts. Uh, we're trying to work our way into Apple Podcasts as well. And we're also trying to move some of our videos onto a new video sharing platform called NewTube, which is actually set up by a guy in Alberta. Hmm. And he was one of the people That's... who orchestrated a lot of the like March Against the Lockdowns here in Alberta. Hmm. So... You know what they say, Stephen? New is always better. No, no, it's not. YouTube. Yeah, it's new too, but new is not always better. Oh, it always is. Every single time. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have a chat about that later, but okay. Barney Stinson approved. <laughs> Legend, Dairy. Wait for it. Wait for it. You didn't wait for it. You're supposed to wait for it. I know. Shame Wrong. on me. But I'm married, and I'm. Not obligatorily follow the bro code anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you have to get rid of the playbook. Yeah, I had to get rid of the playbook. Almighty playbook. I didn't need it anymore. Right. Anyways, See, now now he knows how to please a woman. I do indeed. I do indeed. This, but so uh, that's today's cast. Thank you for watching. On if you're watching on YouTube or YouTube, thank you for listening. If you're on Barney podcast platforms. And have a great night, have a great weekend, and yeah. God bless. <laughs>